You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. This is Central Coast Public Radio, KUSP Santa Cruz, and KBDH San Ardo. Coming up next, the Agony Column. Stay tuned. Good evening. You're listening to the Agony Column on KUSP 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Rick Kleffel. The name of this show is taken from the Victorian broadsheets where Sherlock Holmes found both his clues and his clients. Tonight, we're speaking about reinventing the local independent bookstore. With me in the studio are... We have Wendy Meyer-Lockfeld. Thank you for joining us, Wendy. Thanks. We have Casey coonerty Prady. She's with um, Bookshop Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz, California. Thanks for having me. We have Jeremy Lassen. He's with Borderlands Books in San Francisco, also with independent publisher Nightshade Books. Always great to talk with you, Rick. And we have Hutland, and he's the president of the NCIBA, the Northern California Independent Booksellers Association. Hi, Rick. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get talking about what to do about the independent bookstore. Hut, you were giving me uh, some statistics, I think, that we need to like get out of the way of the first from the beginning. Let's talk about what's happened to independent bookstores in the last 15 years. Well, Rick, in the last 15 years, independent bookstores have dwindled in number, as people know, uh, I'm sure. Uh, In its uh, heyday, the American Booksellers Association, which is our national association, had over 4,000 independent bookstore members. Uh, that number is below 2,000 now, more like about 1,700, although that it's stabilized in recent years, and I think that's an important uh, part of this. So People are, are always bemoaning uh, independent bookstores. They're all going out of business. I tell people what I do, and they go, oh, my God, what a terrible job. And I said, no, actually, things are going fine, particularly in Northern California. Uh, things are very stable, and I think that uh, the lesson is that um, – People have had to uh, reinvent themselves and become good business people, but uh, those that have done that uh, have succeeded and even thrived. And it surprised me to read an uh, article in Publishers Weekly about that how many new bookstores are opening. They said as of 10, 2008, 250 new independent bookstores had opened. Around the country. Um, and one of the ways that that's tracked is there's a a national, um, it's called Prospective Bookseller School, and um, twice a year they bring people in who want to be want to be in the bookstore business, they think, and sometimes they go through and decide they don't afterwards, but many of them do go on, and so there's a real week-long professional training that really uh, teaches people about the business and uh, gives them a real reality check, and out of that, we've had all these new booksellers opening bookstores around the country. Now, one of the way that uh, bookstores are reinventing themselves is to kind of uh, add to the business of selling books. And, and Wendy, with Capitola Book Cafe, you guys have just really taken your cafe uh, business forward quite a big step. Could you talk about that? Um, yeah, sure. Actually, a, a cafe's long been part of the of the bookstore for for many years. For 
25 years about, but we decided we wanted it to play a bigger role in the business model. Uh, we do a lot of events at Capitola Book Cafe, and we bring in a lot of community gatherings, and we felt that the cafe could be another way for the store to bring in revenue and a way for us to diversify some of the community offerings that we had and still bring money into the store. So we uh, we got a food manager. We have a, a guy named Phil Nasser who um, ran Harmony Bakery up in Palo Alto for many years and actually was the manager of Books, Inc.'s cafe way back in the day Mm. and the like back in the Pleistocene era of the 80s and um, he's been amazing he's come in and overhauled our menu and we got a wine and beer license so um, now we may end up working with wineries on the weekends we actually got wind of the fact that there were wineries all over Santa Cruz in fact I think we read it I think I read it in Metro but I mean that we're really struggling and having problems keeping tasting rooms open so we may end up working with them doing tastings in the store and having local um, wineries and food purveyors come in and, and, and talk about what they do so it's just another way for us to get the community involved and get people through the doors. Casey uh, Coonerty now you guys have a, a slightly different situation I think your store a bookshop Santa Cruz has the benefit of one of the most outstanding locations for a bookstore that I've ever seen because you're between the major parking lot for downtown and most of downtown. And we have a free bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> free public bathroom. It brings everybody from downtown into the store, which we which we love. <laughs> um, yeah, no, our walkthrough traffic is, is really not the issue. And um, for us, it's, uh, you know, we feel like we create value in a lot of different ways, but the challenge for independent bookstores is trying to figure out how do you monetize that value. We do a lot of things for free in order to build community. And so what we're trying to do is figure out, are there programs or ways that we can bring people together and offer them enhanced services, but actually have some kind of money exchanged hand in the process. So we're launching something called Bookshop Santa Cruz Outdoors, where we're gonna take people on kind of hike and rights, where you go out into the, you know, go on a two and a half hour hike with an author who has a book who knows about nature writing and go through writing exercises. And there's, you know, and we serve lunch and those types of things, and there's a fee for it. But that way we can make sure we have you know, great authors who come and do this and you walk away and you have, you know, you have a book at the end of the day, you have an activities that you've participated in, but we actually were able to make, make money on it, which is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jeremy, you're with Borderland Books and the genre fiction community that serves, uh, that's served by Borderland's books has a kind of a different uh, a spin on this because uh, there's a real, I think, uh, a a firm, a firmer book buying community there, isn't there? Well, we have a dedicated audience because of our specialty um, that comes from very far afield. You know, we get people from all over the Bay Area who make a trip to Borderlands part of their, you know, regular weekly or monthly, you know, schedule. And so that specialty helps us out a lot. But by the same token, um, genre specialty stores, be they mystery or science fiction stores, have seen a very similar, you know, um, decline um, as, you know, right alongside general bookstores um, and also uh, the recent uptake and or, you know, um, stabilization. So I think specialty stores do face some of the similar problems of, you know, the, you know, rising, you have to be in a location that has a lot of walk-by traffic and that requires you to have to pay for rent and the bookstores face the, the, the standard problem of, you only get a certain amount of markup for a book. So there's a really kind of cut and dry formula for amount of real estate, you know, floor space that you have can generate 
you know, in an ideal situation, X amount of revenue. And when your real estate prices or your, you know, go up beyond what that formula can support, you see the death of independent bookstores, you know, of all stripes. So it's a very tough thing. And, and this, I just wanted to talk about some of the notable closings, you know, which include, you know, Gotham Book Mart in 2006 in New York, Cody's Books in 2008 in Berkeley, Printers Inc. Bookstore in Palo Alto, a clean, well-lighted books place for books, 2006 in San Francisco, Midnight Special 2004 in Santa Monica, Dutton's Brentwood, Brentwood Books, I think, just closed uh, last week or so in Los Angeles, Coliseum Books 2007 in New York, and we just got Stacy's in 2009. And the, the, one, the big one in London just closed, too, the um, uh, independent store, the mystery store. Um, the mystery store in London. Really? Whose name I'm totally forgetting. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they just announced that last week, so that they're closing later um, later this year. Hut, tell us a little bit about what associations like the NCBAR and what they do for bookstores, how they're helping you know keep uh, literary culture alive. Well, we should probably let the booksellers judge uh, what, if what we're doing is effective. I'll tell you what our goal is. Um, first of all, the one thing that I do want to say that's, that's, I think, unique to the bookselling industry as a retail category, um, and one of the reasons that, frankly, um, we are still sitting here with independent bookstores, whatever the number is, I mean, this is an industry that by all rights could have been wiped out 10 or 15 years ago by the superstore chains and then Amazon as many other independent you know, retail categories pharmacies, video stores, others have been, hardware in many instances. Um, the I mentioned earlier the American Booksellers Association, which is our national trade association, and they do um, a lot of uh, big picture things, but they're also uh, a very um, focused on independence, and they do a lot of advocacy work. And we are the only retail category that I'm aware of uh, that has nine regional bookseller associations around the country. Um, Northern California is one of nine. And um, I think because of that, there is a connection with uh, the bookselling community, and um, it is a community. And I think that that's something that serves us serves us well. And uh, our mission is very, very clear and very focused. Um, you know, I see my job on a day-to-day -day basis is to help these, these people sitting here and the other 195 members um, sell more books and be profitable and, and continue to, to um, survive and thrive, hopefully. I mean, that's really our mission is to help independent booksellers survive and thrive as businesses. One thing that, that strikes me uh, about books as a commodity, and this is unfortunately why uh, Amazon was such a brilliant idea back then, was that, you know, books are a pretty, you know, when you buy a book, it's it's the book. It's not a, there's not a you know a lot of variation. You can't get the McDonald's version of the book or the you know uh, steakhouse version of the book. It's the book. And so what bookstores have to do is to offer a kind of a, I think a local literary community, create that community and, and bring that in. And one of the ways they do that is is with uh, events. Definitely, events are a way to um, draw people in, and events expose people to authors that they didn't know that they like. I mean, you talk about that Amazon experience, and you know that's the perfect experience for somebody who knows already knows what they want. 
But, you know, as an independent bookseller, you know, the majority of our sales come from introducing people to the books that they didn't know that they want and, you know, introducing them to writers that they didn't know that they would like. And, you know, events are a big part of that. And, and yeah, I, I think that's a really great point because one of the things that uh, um, that's interesting about books is that there are so many really good books that come out that you really don't hear boo about through the major media outlets. And the only way <laughs> you're going to hear about them is through talking to people like Wendy, Casey, Jeremy, Hutt. I mean, uh, Wendy, tell me a little bit about setting up the um, browsing area at, at Capitola Book Cafe because it's really nice. It it really invites you in. Could you talk about that, creating that book browsing experience? Oh, sure. You know, there's a word, um, one of my partners, one of my co-owners was using the word curatorship the other day. And, and I loved that idea. I love the visual idea of a curator, almost like a curator of a collection or, or of a museum. And in a lot of ways, that's what I think of booksellers as. And, and really, that's the service we can offer in the store. And in a lot of ways, it's the thing that we can do, one of the things we can do um, that Amazon can't. And I know Casey would say the same at Bookshop, that, that, that we have our takes on certain things. And each of our different employees has a different point of view and a different area of bookselling that they love or a different different genre that they love. And so our exhibits and browsing area, just like Casey's, reflect that. They reflect the personality not only of our uh, our current owners, but we still have the four ladies who owned the store before us deeply involved, many of them, in the, in the store. Marsha is there at least twice a week making displays and, and, uh, and helping us buy well. And um, I'm constantly running lists for my customers. I mean, as, as we looked at our shelves and said to ourselves, well, how can, if we can't, st- you know, just chock a block stock shelves in bookstores anymore as full and, and spilling over as they used to be, what can we do? The, the one thing we can do is we can stock for our customers. We, we can constantly be in dialogue with our customers and say, what do, what do you like to read? What are you interested in? And then we can bring our personalities in, into that conversation, into that dialogue. And, and, that's what, and that's what we try to do as we set up browsing areas. And as I buy and Melinda buys and we buy books as we move into the future, that's how we're changing. Instead of kind of making sweeping purchases, we have to buy incredibly smart. We have to constantly know where our customers are at and and what kind of things we can bring to them. So I I think in some ways the dialogue that we have with them is even more intimate than it ever has been because um, it's so, as important as it was in the past, it's, it's, it's literally become critical as we move forward and try to keep our shelves stocked to, for our customers. And besides the um, Casey. book expertise that we bring, the other thing we have is the connection to the community. So we can bring all of the amazing resources in the community into our store to reflect that. So, you know, Bookshop Santa Cruz started a trusted source program where we go out and we know people that are trusted in the community in an area. And we say, can you recommend your five favorite books on this? So the Amgen tour is coming through tomorrow. And we asked Bicycle Trip, which is a really well-known local bicycle shop, to say what five books on biking are the are the best us to be reading right now and they give us that recommendation and we can integrate it into displays and and I know Capital Book Cafe has local events where they take experts and have them talk about various issues so besides um, us bringing our knowledge and our unique book offerings to the table we bring in the community which is something that you know Amazon or Borders cannot do yeah right 
Once, <laughs> one of the things that is interesting is that uh, local bookstores really reflect the locality uh, of where where they are. So that when it, it when you go to Bookshop Santa Cruz, you really have a very certain set of expectations as to what you're going to find there in the store itself. Yeah, what also helps our, um, you know, both our children's buyer and our adult book buyer have been with us for over 30 years. So I think people have gotten to know what to expect when they come into bookshop in terms of, you know, how we buy and how we reflect the community. And obviously, we're constantly trying to, to be innovative and in, in terms of what are new areas or, and new subjects that we need to really dive into. But there's, um, you know, these are people who really know books and who have dedicated their life to it and do it really well. And so you know when you walk into bookshop that you're going to be getting that point of view. And uh, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about how the the local community uh, of uh, though it's widespread, you have a different kind of local community when you're talking about a, a genre fiction bookstore. Don't yeah, you? it's really funny. The you know the science fiction community is a non-locational you know community. And it functions just like a you know a neighborhood or a city would in that you know there are these these connections and when people people travel from all over the country I, I understand that um, you know mysterious galaxy down in San Diego has always been a really big draw and mysterious galaxy existed before Borderlands opened up and even though that you know they're at opposite ends of California there was a lot of close collaboration between Borderlands when it opened up and the owners at Mysterious Galaxy because there was that sense of, you know, we send each other, you know, our customers. When I get somebody from Southern California who's up in San Francisco, you know, I always mention, hey, do you know about Mysterious Galaxy down in San Diego? Do you know about um, Dark Delicacy or um, um, over in Burbank, the uh, the horror bookstore there? and Dark so, Delicacies, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk we talk to our customers and to the people who come into our stores about all the other stores that are out there. And, you know, we let them know, did you know that the shop in Chicago, you know, closed? And, you know, this was like about five years ago. There's a lot of people in the community who may or may not have heard that. And so it it becomes this, I don't know, this, this dialogue that just is ongoing that is not restricted to place. Now, this brings me to something that's very interesting and I think good for the, for the book business in general, um, uh, trade shows. We just had an antiquarian book fair here for the past four days in San Francisco. And I know whenever you have a, a science fiction or convention, you're going to get a lot of people in town. Hut, could you talk to me? I, how much uh, part do you guys play? Does the NTIBA play in these uh, conventions and trade shows? We have uh, an annual trade show, but it's it's for the booksellers. It's not a public show like the Antiquarian Show, maybe, or some of the others. Um, and so, in that sense, we're uh, we're doing something a little more focused and for the trade. Uh, but it's still uh, an important. Uh, it's still important, I think, in the sense that it brings our bookselling community, which is made up not only of the booksellers and authors, but of sales reps who visit the stores and and sell the books, literally. Uh, it's a very almost old-fashioned in this day and age, but it's, it's a really important part of the business. Yeah. And the trade show brings together those uh, those elements and, uh, and, and really, in addition to doing business and uh, having education sessions and a chance to meet authors, it really is an opportunity for uh, the community to come together. And I, I just like to 
to add this this notion, um, the other extraordinary thing about um, this particular business is that the independent booksellers, Jeremy was talking about in the science fiction world, but it's really true uh, throughout bookselling. Independent booksellers are incredibly um, sharing, uh, cooperative, um, and part of it is I think when you when you have been buffeted with competition from the superstore chains you know 20 years ago and now Amazon and many of us feel that they've been getting preferential treatment that they really shouldn't shouldn't have gotten over the years so there's a real there's there's almost an us versus them feeling which in one in one hand seems odd but it has really brought our community together and I think it's one of the things that keeps the independents strong is that they really work together. There's a real clear sense that um, Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego um, surviving as a bookstore helps Borderlands Books, it helps Capitola, it helps Joe's Books in Madison, Wisconsin. There really is that sense that collectively there uh, is power and that's something that's important. It's one of the things that the shows bring together. Well, and it's it's a matter of addressing people's expectations about how they go about buying books. Because, I mean, sadly, you know, 15, 20 years ago, basically the country changed. And people's expectations about how they buy books, you, you know, they ended up going with chain superstores. They ended up going with Borders and Barnes and & Noble and for a myriad of reasons, often, you know, unfair competition that, you know, these large companies had access to. But also, you know, a lot of it did have to do with the retailing environment that, you know, these chains provided. And that was something that some independents were slow to provide, whereas other independents had already implemented those types of buying environments. And so you saw a really nasty shakeout. But now independent bookstores, you know, we do each other a favor when somebody comes into my shop and has a really good experience at an independent bookstore and they roll their eyes and they say, oh, those people at the chains, they, nobody there knows what they're doing. That experience helps all the independent bookstores. Well, because you're you could also because you're 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 promoting the idea. I mean, I mean, that's the thing for, for me to promote bookshop or you guys to talk about us or all of us to talk about each other. What we're really talking about is the idea of independent bookselling and the idea of that community involvement and the idea of this way of buying books and this way of learning about new books. And so by promoting the concept of independent book selling, i.e. each other, right. we're, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're holding the whole business uh, afloat. And you know, uh, Casey, I mean, Bookshop and, and Book Cafe have partnered um, on, on certain events. We've partnered everywhere we could. I mean, sometimes I think we all wish we could partner even more. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of struggle for all of us to, to stay afloat and stay dynamic and vibrant. I sometimes think we wish there were more hours in the day, maybe just, just to sleep, yeah. <laughs> let, alone, let alone to work. Or but to read. I, yeah. I think all of us keep coming back to the word community and, and I, the word I, partnership. And, and I think that it's true that by, by promoting each other, it, it's, 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 it makes us feel good as booksellers, and it's, it's also certainly self-serving for all of us. Well, I was fascinated by your, your example where you went out to the, the locally independently owned bike shops, and you got their expertise, and you worked with them, and that kind of extension of, you know, the kind of idea of shopping locally, of supporting local independent merchants. Right. It was something that started in the book industry, started in independent booksellers, but it's really crossed over to, you know, a lot of different fields now, and even people who don't 
necessarily get it about books. They might get it about bikes. They may have that personal experience about bikes. And so when you start making those connections in the community at Bookshop Santa Cruz, that's just a uh, that's kind of like version 2.0. Of independent book selling and the you know the kind of strategy. Oh, well, of like I mean, we're partnering with um, Shakespeare Santa Cruz. Actually, when right. we when we you know heard about what was going on with them, we got in a dialogue with them, and then we decided, well, what kind of cross events can we do together where we can help you and and mutually support each other? And I think both stores and 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 certainly I'm sure Bookworks is doing it too. Try to do that everywhere we can, a- anywhere where we can. Um, do a fundraising situation or we can bring another local business into the situation or something that makes the dialogue a little more interesting and encourages people to shop a few more local places it's it, it it's good for the whole you know what, what well, do they say it lifts us all right? yeah well and um talking about the ncba and what what they've done i know in the past you've you've sponsored help put on the books by the bay show which was um basically all the members could come and you'd have different bookstores kind of set up side by side and there was never a sense of competition or that this was a bad thing to do because all the bookstores that, you know, went into this space and sold books next to each other, um, you know, accented each other and their own specialties and their own, you know, staff recommendations and the stuff that they did really well. Um, and once again, that addressed that kind of um, buyer expectations about how people go about finding new books or buying new books. And I think that's, a, you know, a really great example of what the NCIBA does. This is not a conversation you would have with three chain store owners. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite extraordinary. You know, one thing that struck me about the bicycle books, and this is something that, that's really interesting about books, is books aren't always, in fact, they're never just about books. Very few books are about books. And one of the things that is, is interesting is that a book that's about something that's other than books, be it birds or bicycles or baking or cooking or whatever, can bring in people who are interested in that subject regardless of the fact of whether or not it's a book. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, where you can, ex- where bookstores really do a good job of extending the community of bringing, you know, people who together who might not otherwise I think they had much in, in common. I, I know that uh, both Bookshop and uh, Capitola Book Cafe have had, uh, you know, a number of cooking authors in. And I think that's a really interesting way to bring people in. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. That they say that if someone needs a gift, you, there's always a book for them. <laughs> it's amazing how many different books on different subjects are published. But if you look at like one of the bicycle books that Bicycle Trip recommended, was it's called Major, and it's about it was about the first African American cyclist. And so we have it on our book display, but we also have it on our uh, Black History Month display. And so there's books that just cross kind of all different areas and one of our um our favorite things is we have you know staff favorite shelves and uh and the idea of that is that someone can come in and they may not know that they want to read a science book or they may not know that they want to read a history book but something grabs their eye because of a certain subject as, as a part of it or something like that and they go off into a whole new genre that they didn't even know they wanted to read or they become a fan of that employee right that right, employee's right. picks yeah. and so those, we have, you we know, have the, yeah, yeah you see those that walls, all the time um you know when you come into bookshop we have this hardback wall and a lot of people say don't why don't you organize it and have here's all the history books and here's all the science books and we say well part of it is that discovery that you have where you find books that you didn't know you wanted because something just catched your eye and there's something about it that related to you but you didn't know that that was the area that you were interested in yeah and we just started a, a, a section for the community reads so we actually started to get regular customers and people who come in all the time that we have sort of conversations with regularly and we said all right put your opinion where 
put, put, your, put your opinion where it counts. And we just created a wall that, that's, that's basically all community suggestions as well, as well as staff picks. So um, that's kind of fun to see what, what locals are recommending as well. And, and it, again, it invests them in the, it, it keeps reinvesting them in the process. We're going to take a brief break here and we'll be right back while I make some announcements. We've been speaking with Wendy Meyer Lockfeld. She's the co owner of Capitola Book Cafe. Thank you for joining us, Wendy. Thanks. And Casey Coonerty Prodi. She's the owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. Thank you for joining us, Casey. Thanks for having me. Jeremy Lassen. He works at Borderlands Books and he's an independent publisher of Nightshade Books. Thank you for joining us, Jeremy. My pleasure, Rick. And Hut Landon. He's the president of the NCIBA, the Northern California Independent Booksellers Association. Thank you for joining us, Hut. It was a lot of fun. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs> 